0: week, but it's an incredible honor to get to share the word with you this morning, it's going to be a little bit different to what I would usually do, but we'll get to that this morning, and I I was really thinking, what could I possibly preach, or like, what should I share on, and I'd met with Pastor Jeremy, we'd chat through some things, and basically I've got a a message title that I'm entitling, Bring Them Home, Bring Them Home, now, there's a song from a, the best musical of all time in called Bring Him Home. And to give some context to the song before I read from the Bible is there's basically a, an older gentleman who has, it's not really, I suppose his adopted daughter, has fallen in love with this young man who's basically, effectively, spoiler for the movie or the musical, he's going to a battlefield where he's basically got no hope of winning. They're all going to die. And it inspired actually my favorite song, Empty Chairs at Empty Tables, because all of his friends died. The revolution didn't work. But this older man goes to try and rescue this young man who's in love with his daughter and vice versa. And basically, he, it's this prayer as he's trying to, to find him to save him. And he, he basically says, God on high, hear my cry. Hear my prayer. Bring him home. And then he says, if I die, let me die. But let him live. Bring him home. And it's such a beautiful song, and if you've heard Alfie Bo singing it, then there's no point in hearing anyone else singing it, because he's so good at it. But they, they, like, even when I see it in the music, the, the context is just, it's such a desperate cry. It's such a desperate plea from someone who's like, God, if nothing else, the only thing that's important to me is for him to come home. I don't care what it costs me, if it has to cost me everything, just let him live. And I was thinking about that this morning and the word bring means to to take or go with someone or something to a place or to cause someone or something to come to a place. And I was thinking this morning, I'm going to get to my Bible reading in a moment, but I was thinking about this year and we want to really be a church that stretch, strengthens and sends, but sending is about bringing people home. You see, I want to read from... John chapter 1, verses 35 to 51. And this is the, the last of the Gospels, but it's John writing. And he says this. Uh, it says, Should you come on the screen? Perfect. And it says, Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. That's John the Baptist, who came before Jesus. And it says, And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates, I've totally lost, translates means teacher. There we go. Where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about the 10th hour, one of the two heard John speak and followed him. It was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated as Peter. The next day he decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses wrote in the law, And the prophets also wrote, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good be from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, he is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, You'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending, and the Son of Man. I'm going to stop there. It's an interesting passage. It's really, Jesus is basically in, in John, he doesn't really do much of the whole Christmas story. He's just going kind to of jump straight in. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and that's how it all starts. And he's setting the foundation. But then, basically, John the Baptist was Jesus. I suppose half-cousin, I suppose it would be, at a time. And he was the best man, I hate to break it to you, but Jesus said he's the best man born of woman. So it's it's Jesus, then there's John the Baptist, and then there's pretty much everyone else is somewhere down below. But it's an incredible passage where John the Baptist says, look, here's Jesus and his disciples follow him. But what's really fascinating is that Andrew's first response is to go and get his brother to bring him to Jesus. You see, Andrew has just experienced the greatest thing ever, an encounter with Jesus. And his first response was not to keep it to himself, but it was actually to go and bring others to him. You know, Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its people belong to him. There's a quote that says, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry. My. You see, Andrew in this story has a heart that says, I have to bring them home. There's countless examples. I could tell you about the time, and I, went, I decided what I was going to do is I was going to try and look at all the Gospels. And look at every experience where someone brought people to Jesus, or where Jesus was Somebody was brought to his attention, but I gave up, to be honest, because I got through Matthew, and there were so many, it was taking me forever to do so. Because this is just the ones that are recorded in Matthew. It says, and the news spread about him being Jesus throughout Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, suffering from diseases, severe pain, demon-possessed people with epilepsy, people who were paralyzed, and guess what? He healed them all. There was a Roman officer, he's not even a Christian, he's not even a Jesus follower, he doesn't, but he's seen and heard about this Jesus, and when he is basically his young servant was lying in bed paralyzed, about to die, and Jesus says, Well, okay, I'll come. And Jesus, and the Roman officer says, You're a busy guy, you don't need to come. All you need to do is say, Be healed, and I'll be healed. And what happens is Jesus says, I've not seen more faith in anyone, in the whole of the land. And what happens is because this this rich ruler who, I mean, he's a servant. I mean, why would you care? You'll just get another one. But actually, he recognized as a, if I can just bring them before Jesus, not bringing them to church, that's amazing. We should definitely do that. But actually, if I can just get people to Jesus, he can set them free. He can heal them. And ultimately, he can save them. I could tell you about the man who was paralyzed and he comes before Jesus on a mat and Jesus just says, hey, your faith has made you well, Go. Matthew. He invited Jesus to his house for dinner one day and this is, he wrote the gospel so he's maybe trying to show off but it's Matthew chapter 9 he invites Jesus over for dinner but he doesn't just invite Jesus, he actually invites the whole town he invites those who are sinners, he invited he's probably his other fellow tax collector he probably invited everyone he knew who didn't know Jesus because he recognised that if I can just get people to Jesus. If I can just get them in his presence, if I can just get them near him, if I can get them in the vicinity of Jesus, I have the faith to believe that he can set them free. That they can find hope because the earth is the Lord's, whether you believe it or not, the Bible tells me, and the Bible's true, it's the inspired word of God, that you are the Lord's, whether you believe it or not. But it's not a possession to him. You're not like a, a thing he puts in, I mean, he puts you in the mantelpiece in the same way that a, a, a proud family member would put a picture on the wall to say, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I'm well pleased. But you're not a toy to him, actually. You're the most precious thing he has. God's, God is like the father in the song from Lehman saying, bring them home. He's so desperate In fact, he's so desperate that when he said, if I must die, let me die, but let them live, that actually when Jesus came, he did die and was resurrected because it's the only way that you and I can live. I could tell you about the woman where Jesus was going this way, but there was a woman who she brought herself before him and she was like, if I can just touch his garment... I just need one touch of him. He doesn't even need to see me. He doesn't even have to stop. He just has to pass through. And just being in his presence, there's a chance I could be set free. And Jesus stops and says, Who touched me? And instantly she froze because she realized that it was her. But I'd imagine she didn't freeze in fear, but she she froze because she realized, I've been healed. I don't know about you, but maybe you've had issues that have been going through, you've been going through for life for years and years and years maybe they're physical, mental, who knows but I'm telling you that just one touch from Jesus can set you free you just have to get before Jesus you might have people in your world who you know that are like. guess what, we just have to try and get them we just have to try and bring them home it goes on to say in that passage that he healed all kinds of diseases and else when he saw crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Do you know anyone who's confused and helpless? Well, Jesus has compassion on them. Are you confused and helpless? Jesus has compassion on you. He also says in that passage that the harvest is great, but the workers are so few. So pray for more workers. And I believe that I'm looking out and we are the answer to that prayer. We have the opportunity to be the workers. Did you know, and I'm, I'm not... I've got no science to back this up. It's just faith that I believe. Do you know that there are more people who want to come to Jesus than we could possibly ever reach in our lifetime? Like, there's more people in your world who are ready to come to Jesus. There's just no work. There's just no one to bring them home. I could tell you about in Matthew chapter 12. There's a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak. He was brought to Jesus because he couldn't bring himself to it. And the crew were amazed, and they were like, could this possibly be the Messiah? But when the religious people heard about it, then no one, I mean, they basically were like, well, he's not Jesus. He's from the devil. And it was like, well, why would the devil, and Jesus says, well, why would the devil fight the devil? Like, that's so, use logic. Sometimes there's faith, and then sometimes there's just logic. You've just got to look at it and think, if it 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 walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. But you see, Jesus recognized that it's about bringing others to him. How do I know? Because he then sends his disciples out. So Jesus, because you can make the case, well, Jesus was physically there, so that's a bit different. Well, he then sends the disciples out. So Jesus stays in one place and he says, why don't you go out? And guess what? The same miracles that Jesus had been performing in person was being outworked through them. Why? Because it wasn't about Jesus physically the person. It's about the name of Jesus. It's about the Holy Spirit in a believer's life that can transform people. You see, we can bring people to Jesus in terms of bring them to church where they'll encounter Jesus, but actually we can bring Jesus with us to wherever we go. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we just walked about our lives and we started praying for people? Wouldn't it be great if we were just able to tell that person about Jesus and guess what? They became a Christian. Not because we want people to become Christians for our name, but actually because we recognize that there is no life, there is no hope, there is no freedom without Jesus. You see, in Matthew 14, the, there's, I don't think it's actually recorded as Andrew. It's not. It's recorded in a different gospel as Andrew. There's a little boy. There's 5,000. I mean, it's incredible. When you read this story, I mean, Jesus was such an incredible person, and he still is. He's a living, resurrected Savior, and one day he's coming back again. But there's a point where Jesus, obviously, John the Baptist basically gets a bit like what King Henry the Eighth's wives, he just gets beheaded. It's a stupid, it's a mental story and it's just plopped in the middle of the Gospels. And Jesus decides, I need some time out because he was human, so he had emotions and things upset him. He deeply cares. If you think about the person you care most deeply about, multiply that by five million, you've then heard that they've been beheaded. You're probably not going to want to be around a crowd. You're probably going to want some time alone. So Jesus is trying to take this time alone. He goes and takes some time out. But the crowds hear that Jesus is going to this place. And the crowds follow Jesus. Jesus, now, I, who could have blamed him if he was like, you know what, I just don't want to do anything today. I don't, I don't want to. But he recognized that his life was never about him. And it says that he saw the crowd and had compassion upon them. And I mean, there's 5,000 men and there'll be more women and children there. And they need fed because, I mean, Jesus must have been the best preacher ever because people stayed and listened to him for hours without food. And that's like, like that, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I've got some speakers I like, but I could not imagine sitting and listening to him for that length of time that it's dinner time and I'm still fully engaged. But then what happens is they find that there's this little boy with five loaves and two fish and Andrew, who we talked about, they say, well, this is what We have. It was probably Peter, to be honest, who stole it, because that was kind of Peter's thing. Like, he took the pat lunch off the little boy. And then Jesus is like, okay, well, we'll just pray, and then we'll see what happens. And Andrew goes, and I just think there's so much truth about, it. it's not only about bringing them home, it's also us just bringing what we have to Jesus. We want to bring people to Jesus, but we want to bring what we have to Jesus. What you have might be five lost and two. It might be the almost nothing but when you offer it and say, Jesus, this almost nothing I have. I'm giving it to you. Then he can feed 5,000 men, more women, more children, and you can have baskets full left over. Why? Because he's the God who... Multi- I don't know how it works. I just know that he does. It doesn't make sense. His ways are way beyond. But at the same breath, he's God. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He is, he, he's a a show off not an arrogant God but he loves to show off he loves how do I know because the Bible's full of stories but God like it goes above and beyond like I love the story of Elijah where there's been like a drought in the land and then it's like there's fire they're praying to a God who's up against God and like Elijah starts mocking them saying maybe your God is sleeping maybe he can't hear you Ha ha! and then nothing happens and it's Elijah's turn and then it's like well I'm going to pour water onto the thing to make it wet just to prove a point then God says God loves to do things that blow our mind he loves to create things for us to investigate he loves it when we find out more about him but above all he loves his children more than he loves anything else he loves the people in your world he loves the people in my world he loves everyone on planet earth there's nothing you can do to earn his love or to gain his love he just loves you he always has loved you and he'll never stop loving you I could tell you about Matthew 17. where there's large crowds waiting for him. And there's a young man brings his son before him in desperation to say, look, you're the only, I've tried everything else to save him. And Jesus sets the boy free. And he goes on to say, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could move mountains. Because his disciples are saying, how come we can't do that? And it's all about faith. Do you have the faith to believe that if we can just bring people to Jesus, he can set them free? Mm-hmm. The people that we're desperate to see come to know him. Only Jesus can set them free. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can heal. We're thankful for doctors. We're not trying to say anything against them. But the reality is that Jesus is the creator of all things. You know, I wrote a song about 12 years ago with Scott called Be Lifted High. and The verse, the, the bridge, sorry. It just says, this world needs a healer. This land needs a savior. And I wrote, all I want to do is bring others to you. You know we're on planet Earth to lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus gave us an instruction to make disciples, and that basically means that when people come to faith in Jesus, we journey with them so that we can all become more like Jesus and reach more people. And I'm 31 years old, and that was—I can't remember how many years ago—but my heart's crying. 31. I still want to be someone who just lifts high the name of Jesus, and I want to bring others to Him. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm trying to get better. And you know, we're partnering with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Hands up if you've ever heard of the hydro in Glasgow. Hands up if you've ever been to the hydro. Hands up if you like to go to the hydro. Hands up if one day you would like to go to the hydro. Well, I'm so glad that you put your hands up. (laughs) Because... Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Now, Billy Graham is probably the greatest modern-day evangelist, and it was all glory to God. He would be the first to say It's Jesus. He's just the vessel. But the reality is, Jesus, and it's a topic for our day, gave gifts to the church, um, and one of them is an evangelist. Now, I'll be honest. I think I'm a relatively okay communicator. I think I'm decent. I'm better than average, and I can present the gospel amazingly. Linguistically, it's It's amazing. And then, like, nobody really responds. An evangelist comes up and says, happy birthday to you. And, like, everyone's hand... Because it's people... Because why? Because God's anointed and gifted them for that purpose. They're the workers, and we all have to do the work of an evangelist, but his son, Billy Graham's son, Franklin, not, he doesn't carry the same anointing. He carries a different anointing that God's gifted him for. But he is an evangelist, much like Barry Woodward, much like Mark Ritchie. And when evangelists preach the word of God... And the the gospel, guess what? People respond. (laughs) The harvest becomes less so because actually more of them get added to the kingdom. And we have the incredible honour to partner with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association for a one-off event in Glasgow on the 22nd of June at the Hydro. And guess what? It's free. (laughs) And more so than that, they are so... Incredibly generous, and God is blessing them and using them. That's how I know God is in it because of just the provision that He gives. They are running and offering churches and partners free buses to pick you up and to drive you to the hydro and drop you back here. So, we are by faith booking at least two buses. One is going to leave from here, one is going to leave from Covenant because we're doing a church plant in Covenant. But we are believing that we're going to have two buses full of people, you and your friends because we're all going to be Andrews, and I'll cover that in a second. Because here's the deal. You don't get a space on our bus unless you're bringing someone who doesn't know Jesus. Jesus. Because we can have a great time in church when it's just a lot of Christians, but the reality is that's not really what we're about. We want to have that. We have that. That's why we have life groups and prayer meetings and Sunday services. These will hopefully build and encourage you. But we want to see the lost come home. We want to see those who are lost being found. We want to see those who need healing being healed. We want to see those who are caught up in loads of stuff being set free. And Jesus can do it. So we're encouraging you to put the date in your diary for the 22nd of June. That we will be going more details will obviously come. But along with that, that's why we have this thing called "I am Andrew." The passage I read at the start was about how Andrew brought his brother Peter. So we're all going to become Andrews. Now you don't change your name to Andrew, it's just a point. But there's four simple steps that we're all going to follow, and I'm going to read them, but you can take these away, please do. but we're going to pray. And it says, write down the name of at least one person you know who needs Jesus. And then pray for God to open their heart and to give you opportunities to share his love with them. The next one is to share. Just spend time with your friend. Now hopefully, you already do that. That should be quite easy. But then pray for God to give you an opportunity to begin to talk about Jesus. And then bring them to the event. I mean, the music's going to be great. Uh, Michael W. Smith will be there, who might not be coming Tia is there. She's, Tia is the Oceans girl, as I call her. She was Hillsong United and involved in Hillsong for a while. And, and there's other musical acts. But it's not about the music. It's about the gospel. That'll be great. But then we bring them and we pray that they will give their lives to Jesus. And then once they've done that, it's about the follow-up. Now you probably, you're maybe thinking, that's really overwhelming. Well, it gets better. Because we actually have they are so, because they understand that it's not an event. It is not a case of bring them to this, they'll get saved, and that's it. That's it's actually a holistic process, and that's why we'll be partnering with them to deliver a Christian Life and Witness course, which is Saturday the twenty third of March. It'll be in here. It's not going to be a whole day. I think it's going to be early afternoon. Is that right? Kind of late early, morning through to the early afternoon, and there will be food provided for you, and that's for everyone. Because what that will do is help us to get a boldness in sharing the faith. But more than that, it will equip and resource us and how we can disciple and support those who have been brought home. You see, because it can be easy to invite someone sometimes, but the afterwards where well, they've got loads of questions and they've got loads of this, that, and the next thing. Well, we want to equip you, because equip is one of our purposes. We want to equip you to be best equipped to support someone in their journey. Because I'm believing by faith that we're going to have to use the balcony so by the end of this year because there's just too many people. I believe it's going to be a, a linguistic, uh, logistical nightmare that the Assembly Council will just have to figure it out because we don't have a choice. We just have to figure, figure it out because I believe it's going to be bursting at the seams. And that's why we want to support you and we want to help you. We want to encourage you because it's up to all of us to bring them home. It's going to be an amazing year. God has already moved and I can already sense it. And it was incredible that we got to go to Glasgow, Pastor Jim and I, and we saw all the different churches and there were so many different cultures and different churches, different denominations, all trying to buy in. Because I firmly believe that when, the, when it says when God's people dwell in unity, God commands a blessing. He commands a blessing because it's not about new life. It's not about David or Pastor Jim. It's not about you. And it's all about Jesus. You know, the last time anything like this ever happened in our country, I believe from my research, was 1991. I was not alive in 1991, which makes me really sad. That actually, in my lifetime, there has never been a move of God like this. There has never been an excitement and an anticipation about what God is going to do in my entire lifetime. But I'm telling you, by faith... That this is the year, this is the year where we bring them home. That Scotland comes back home, that Ayrshire comes back home. And believing that this is the year where years and years of prayers for people and believing for people and even tears that have been cried over the lives who are not home yet, this is the year that they come back home. This is the year where God is going to move so powerfully and incredibly, and he's going to get all of the glory and all of the credit because we can't take any. The only thing we can take credit for is actually just being obedient to what he asks us to do. Because we're on this planet to bring them home. To bring them home. You see, Jesus was sent on a mission to bring you and I home as I said at the start, and the worship team can come up as I'm almost closing. The, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everyone, you and I, belong to him. But we were far away from home. You know, the, the world fell, we, we sinned, we've all messed up, we've all fell short of God's standards. None of us are perfect. Sorry if that's news for you, but you're not. And so therefore, Jesus had to go on a mission to bring them home. And so Jesus came from heaven and he was born, lived a perfect sinless life that you and I could. I mean, I don't even know how you do that, but I don't have to because Jesus did. And so when Jesus done that, he went to a cross and died the sinner's death that we deserved. But he took it for us and he walked out of the grave like we sang earlier. And because of that, we might have hope. And so you might be here, you might be watching online and you've actually never even brought yourself to Jesus. Well, this morning, I just want to give an opportunity for you to bring yourself to Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to come forward to the front. It's just a simple prayer. And I'm going to lead us in it, and then we're going to worship our God again. But maybe in your heart, if you say after me, you know that you've, you've not been brought home to Jesus. You know that Jesus is the answer you've been looking for. You know it's been, you might have known or once known, but you just know, I actually just need to get right with Jesus. And if that's you, I just want you to say this after me, if you're watching online or if you're in the room. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I give my life to you. Amen. You know, If you prayed that, we're not going to embarrass you or anything, but we would love to connect with you. If you're watching online, you can click on a link that says I have decided. But if you're in this room, there'll be people at the connection point. We would just love to pray with you and chat with you. and It's the best thing that you'll ever do. But now can the rest of us all stand if we're able and comfortable? Because I just want to pray a prayer over us that, that we will become like Andrew. <laughs> that we'll become the Andrews to those in our world. And then we're going to worship. God, I pray, Father, for every person here and those watching online. Father, I pray that you help us to be people who bring them home, who bring others to you. Help us to be like Andrew and help us to just always be inviting and encouraging and being bold and brave. Give us opportunities, we pray, Father, and let us fill the two buses and more. We just pray in the name of Jesus that this is the year where those who are far from you come back home and those who have never been there come home for the first time. Help us to be your vehicle that you use and help us to remember that it's you who saves and it's you who gets all glory and honor. We look forward in anticipation to what you will do and we're thankful for what you have done. We give you all praise and glory in the name of Jesus.